All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Hello, and welcome to your podcast. This is Gary Schaller. And I'm Ken Mills. This is podcast number 44. So before we get cracking, Ken, let me ask you a question. Sure. You buy your tickets for the boat yet? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go sail with Captain Steubing and the rest of the KISS crew. Right on, right on. I'm actually not a boat person. Are you a boat person? No, not really. Um, and that would probably be the reason I wouldn't want to do this. Right. And right. for the folks who are disgruntled about it in the KISS community, it to me it's no different than any other show in KISStory. It's a band performing. KISS is going to make a nice chunk of change. Other bands have done this. Sammy Hagar, Motley Crue, Train. It's big. It's definitely not the first time it's happened in rock history, and that's okay. Um, and I agree with you. I think it basically comes down to it's a KISS concert or maybe two KISS concerts, right? The big one and the acoustic one on a boat. You know, it could just be on land, and, and that would be kind of business as usual. What I do think is cool and where I, I want to see this go is uh, some kind of video release that documents as much as possible of this of this KISS cruise. Uh, are we thinking that the band is going to be on the boat during the, you know, during the whole cruise? Funny you should mention that, Gary. Let's go live to Mike Myocker on the scene at the New York, New Jersey KISS Expo with Keith LaRue. Come in, Mike. All right, this is Mike from Podkiss. We're talking to Keith LaRue, Kiss Online. And we have big breaking news. Yes, obviously everybody's probably seen we announced the Kiss Cruise today. We've got the major announcement today was the Kiss Cruise happening in October this year. And we're talking to Keith right now, and he's got the scoop on everything that's going on. Yeah, down. it's going it's to be a lot of fun. We're really going all out. The cruise line and kiss. They want to make it an, an experience where people leave and have a really good time. And just the, we'll start with just the entertainment. Uh, when everybody is on board the ship and it's about to leave dock, they have what they call a sail away concert. And kiss has agreed to play an unplugged set without makeup on the deck for everybody. So everybody's wow. cheering. It'd be great. Incredible. Um, in addition to that, they'll be doing a Q and A on the deck. Do a Q and A with everybody. So it's going to be 2,800 kiss fans on deck doing Incredible. a Q and A with kiss. Um, you will get a photo with Kiss and makeup. We don't know how we're going to do it because there's so many people. So I want to be real clear about that. It'll probably be the cabin, you know, the number of people in the cabin, or maybe groups of two cabins, because obviously okay. you got to get through it. You know what I'm saying? Well, but you will get yeah. a picture with the band. In addition, Kiss will also play two other concerts on on the ship in makeup uh, and costume, obviously. And those are basically broken down to how many people on the ship. So the theater holds 1,400 seats, so it's really intimate theater. So there'll be one group going one night, and the second night will be the other group. So everybody on the ship will see two concerts, the, the acoustic one, and you'll see one makeup performance show. Also. Excellent, excellent. What else can they expect? We're going to do all kinds of stuff. We're going to do uh, things like Kiss Karaoke, Kiss Bingo. Uh, we're trying to get Eric to host that one, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> It'll be fun. You know, it's like a typical cruise. We started reading and doing a little research on what some of the other ships have done. And you got to remember, all this stuff is happening while everything else is happening on the ship. You know what I mean? You can go eat when you want. You can go, you know, there'll be other groups playing. Uh, not sure who yet. We're going to try to get a few KISS-related. Maybe uh, I know Paul was thinking of having Bad City. Um, Gene probably, you know, for Gene, I say the, the Envy, who's on Gene's label. In right. Canada. Things like that. And then there'll also be, I'm sure there'll be some, some 70s classic rock bands. You know, there's because there's so many different clubs and theaters on the ship. So basically, you'll have something to do at all times. 
uh, one of the things that like we said, like bingo. We'll literally have bingo. Right. It'll be bingo and we'll do for kiss prizes. And we'll have somebody for you. It's probably going to be Eric will host that one. Tommy is talking about if we can make it work doing something golf related. A clinic of some sort? Maybe, maybe he said. I don't know what, yeah, exactly. Maybe take 15 fans or something. Have them hit some golf balls with them, show them some stuff. But remember, all this stuff will happen on deck, so everybody can, you know, we'll announce the time, everybody can watch, everybody, I'm sure Tommy will make some comments. Um, some of the other cruises have done, you know, all kinds of things, swim-related things, um, you know, obviously there's pools, there's hot tubs, food, there's a casino on board, so we're probably, we're looking at a KISS casino night, uh, we're talking about doing some theme nights, like maybe one night's wear your favorite KISS shirt. So we'll literally have 2,800 of us all wearing our favorite t-shirts <laughs> and uh, talking uh, different things like that. So it's going to come together a little bit more as we get closer, but wanted to get the announcement out so that people know what's happening. Well, we were talking earlier about the way people were guessing what the major kiss <laughs> announcement, yes. announcement might be. I'm it sure that great. was pretty amusing for you. It was you. fun. <laughs> I was watching Facebook right after we posted the story. You know, I was telling you earlier. What was, was the most bizarre one that you saw? Oh, there was all kinds of stuff. How about Vinnie Vincent coming back? Somebody posted that. Well, I, I said, I don't know who guessed that one. <laughs> that would uh, take some plant, some planets aligning for that to happen, I'm sure. <laughs> I think that was about the, the strangest one. I think. No, it was fun to see everybody guess and get And that was the idea, you know, get everybody excited. We, I mean, we think this is great. I'm a, yeah, you're a huge Kiss oh. fan. I'm a huge Kiss fan. I think this, yeah. is, this is great. I mean, it is very cool. I mean, it's all us, you know. It's, it's all Kiss fans together. Right. On vacation, kind of, right? 2,800 with Kiss. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> What else you guys got going on this year that you're... Well, you know, they're doing the shows coming up. Yep. They have the, the summer shows they decided to do, to get 19 of them. Yep. And uh, then, obviously, the band's still recording. They record all summer. Paul's having a new baby in August, so probably move all there. Yeah, and then the cruise. Um, I don't think Japan, it sounds like Japan is not going to happen this year just because of what happened in Japan. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll probably be next year. Um, obviously, not a great situation over there. And I know we... Try to reach out to all the our Japanese friends. I'm sure, sure you get on here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it's probably going to be pretty much finishing the record. Now you know, in case something could pop up, there's always offers sure. and things. But I think it's going to be more 2012 is what we're hearing. Okay. We're do a lot more stuff. Yeah. A lot of cool product coming out this year too. A lot of, a lot of collectors out there. A lot of cool stuff. Another set of Kiss Potato Heads because the first one was the biggest seller they ever had. Uh -huh. So they're coming out with a new one with the new costumes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. 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 A couple of kind of things. I gotta watch it because I know some I know, of the stuff's not approved, but I gotta figure out. There's some really cool stuff, some collectible things, some things that probably should have came out before. Really great, I can't give too much information on this, but really, really great action figure license that I think you're gonna be really excited about. And they're probably announced that in a couple of weeks. The company's really good, it's a big company that does a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And we met with the guys, I talked to them, they, they really, they get Kiss. We're talking okay. about all kinds of things. We're talking about an ongoing series of all the lineups, all everything. Wow. Really nice stuff. And then the day we can announce it, we'll let you know, and you'll know what I'm talking about. The minute you see it, you'll yeah. go, yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, I think when they were doing so much with McFarlane originally, a couple years back, I think when it stopped, people were very disappointed because Absolutely. there were so many possible combinations. Yeah, exactly. And these guys, I think, are more, I don't want to say... McFarlane was a collectible because those figures were great. Oh, yeah. But I think these guys look at it more collectible, meaning they see what we get. Yeah, where some they, company may say, oh, why would you ever want to put a lineup like that out? Or what, you know, I mean, why would you do that? You know, they were talking even non makeup stuff, everything. So, oh, wow. Really cool stuff. Very exciting. And more stuff every day, you know. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Well, Keith, once again, Always it's great talking to you. 
Good oh, seeing you guys. Go see you in the cruise. Well, that Come remains on. to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. I think it's I really know. Warm, you know, especially with the acoustic set. It's like a one. I mean, when are we gonna see that again? Once in a time. What? What's yes. a lifetime thing? It'll be fun. Very good. All right. Good All right you, thanks man. a lot, man. <laughs> Take it easy. Thanks, thanks Keith. We're wet and wild with Kiss on a boat, so no one saw that coming. You know, again, if they put something out on video that documents the Kiss involvement with this cruise, I'll be all over that. I'll be the first one lining up to get it, and maybe that'll be on Kissology Volume 4. Works for me. Right on. All right, all right, so enough about the boat. Uh, And I'm very excited about anything that keeps us talking, by the way. I mean, you know, the the one way in which I think it is a major Kiss announcement is that it has caused major Kiss discussion. Well, isn't everything Kiss does? I mean, right. whether they're doing something or not, people in the absence of Kiss news, people will uh, question that. So everything becomes a topic in the wonderful, wacky, wet and wild world of Kiss. I mean, we've seen pages of discussion about the like the the mini, the Kiss mini thing that you know that they did the auto show, you know, and it's like, oh, they've you know, look at them, they've lost their edge. They're you know now they're promoting a car. Kiss was never as edgy as we would like them to have been. Except maybe once, and that's where this podcast comes in. Because tonight, we're bringing you an interview with someone who was associated with probably the edgiest thing that Kiss ever did. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's definitely one of the most uh, edgy photo shoots that the band ever did. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, lyrically, I guess they sort of touched on some of this with, you know, material like Sweet Pain or um, Tough Love. But, I mean, you if you haven't seen the photographs that we're going to be discussing tonight and, uh, you know, when we talk to you or when you talk, but if you haven't seen the photographs featuring our next guest, uh, then you haven't seen, I think, Kiss at their very, very edgiest and most subversive. Tonight we'll be talking to Megan McCracken, who is famous for being the dominatrix girl or the raggedy Ann girl or the uh, gothic glitter girl. I remember the first time I saw these pictures was in the 70s, and they didn't last too long as far as being out there. Uh, They were pictures of Kiss basically groping a female. She was the female in that photo shoot. But the thing that makes it so interesting is not only was she the subject of a KISS photo shoot, but she was also there for many great moments in history. Well, you were telling me that she was there when they invented the Deuce Dance or the Deuce Sway, the little choreography that they do at the end of mm-hmm. the song Deuce, right? Yes. Um, I mean, she was there at some of the kind of formative moments where they're refining their look and sound. and I mean, a lot of stuff that we as KISS fans would would, would have wanted to, to witness. And, and in case anyone's listening who doesn't know exactly what we're talking about with these photographs, they're not that easy to come by, even you know today in the internet age. You, you kind of have to know what you're looking for. These are, essentially, these are pictures that feature uh, Gene, Ace, Paul, and Peter in what are now known as, I guess, the Alive one outfits, the ones they're wearing on the cover of, of Kiss Alive, right? And there's a woman who is in various outfits slash no clothes, and they've either got her tied up or they're whipping her or, they, or she's got blood on her or something like that. I mean, there's a lot going on in those pictures depending on which photo it is. Groping and is grappling. Groping and grappling. But, you know, anything that they did in the, in the 80s with regard to, you know, kind of like softcore porn uh, imagery, it, it doesn't it doesn't hold a candle to this as far as, you know, solidifying that Kiss is subversive, lascivious, um, like S&M kind of 
uh, you know, attitude going on. Now, and these were not, and these were not uh, easy photos to find back in the day, right? I mean, you, I, I know that you know you were a Kiss fan as early as 1975. I became a Kiss fan about like six years after that. Where did you first see these pictures? I want to say Circus Magazine and Cream Magazine. How did they handle the nudity? Back then, it wasn't so bad to see a boob or a nipple. It wasn't the end of the world. You know, Cream was not it, Cream was not Sixteen magazine. And the the interesting thing about this photo shoot, and she actually addresses it, for example, the marketing behind this photo shoot and the the band that was marketing lunchboxes to little kids, it was a different marketing strategy. I think I know what you're saying. Like, it's the same four guys, it's the same band, but it's a very different kind of mission that they're on. Well, I mean, was this even really marketed? I mean, you got to wonder what was going on when they took these pictures, right? I mean, this, this isn't... Um, you know, this wasn't going to be the cover of anything or the back cover of anything. I mean, you know, it's it's sort of like the back cover of Hotter Than Hell, right? You, you right. turn that record over and it's like, okay, what are these guys about? You mm-hmm. know, this takes it to the next level. Like, it could have been an interesting back cover for Dress to Kill. Could have been. But I think it, it still would have been way too... Uh, forward for a record sleeve in even in 1975 or 76. Special thanks goes out to Niels and KissArmyNorway.com for helping us get this interview. So let's go back in time to the early 70s, to Bill O'Coin, to Sean Delaney, to Gene, to Paul, to Ace, to Peter, to Megan, and to the invasion of the Glitter Goths. Well, folks, we're going to go back to the year 1973, and we're going to take a look at somebody who is there. On the other end of the line, we have Megan McCracken. Megan, what are you known for in history? I am the girl in the posters. I think it was Poster Magazine in Sweden and in, um, help me out here, Circus, Circus Raves, a few of those fan magazines uh, back in the days. And those are the famous pictures where you were dressed up as, I'm going to say, Raggedy Ann, for, for lack of a better <laughs> term. The whole thing was Sean's idea. Um, Sean, no, wait a second. A, Sean Delaney, sorry. There we go. Sean Delaney, who was um, Bill O'Coin's partner and um, a genius in his own right. Bill and Sean were very important to me in my life. And I met them when I was, I guess I was about 19 or 20 when I did that shoot. So then let me set the stage. You're, you're out of high school. You're just coming out of exactly. high school. And, and who do you meet first? I met. Bill first. Okay, so Bill. Funny, he picked my brother and me up hitchhiking. (laughs) And and where was this at? In Rockland County, New City, New York. And he gave us a ride, and um, it turned out that he lived. He had just moved into a really interesting road with Sean um, South Mountain Road into a beautiful house that this architect still alive, Eva Zeisel, had built, and it was a super unique home, all glass and stone and wood, and very ahead of its time. And um, Sean and Bill had just moved in there, and they were just starting with Kiss. So I was privileged to be in on the. I became. I thought they were the neatest people ever. So I just, you know, stuck myself to them like glue. I thought they were so cool, and I was, you know, I was at an impressionable age, and that, you know, they were all rock and roll and completely cool in the coolest house on the road. <laughs> so I latched onto them, and <laughs> and they couldn't shake me off. So I became kind of like Sean's little pet person, and he'd be home all day writing. And um, he taught me how to sing harmonies. So whenever he was writing anything, he'd be like, "You sing it here. I'm going to sing it there." And, you know, he'd make like spaces with his hands. And um, then Bill started 
asking me to be the housekeeper because I was kind of a fixture in the house. So I just basically never left. He needed somebody to clean up after Sean, who was leaving cigarette butts all over the place. Bill is, was really neat and tidy, and Sean was, it was like the odd couple. Okay. So I think that he figured if I was there hanging around with Sean, I might as well start emptying ashtrays and vacuuming up the mess behind him. So, <laughs> so he um, started just like letting me do that, and he paid my tuition for acting. So I, when I decided I wanted to be an actress, um, Bill paid for me to go study acting with Stella Adler, and uh, it ended up being, I think I was the winner in the whole situation in the end. He ended up being my manager, and it was quite, it was, it was a phenomenal friendship that lasted until now when we lost him this year, or last year, I guess it was 2010 when he died. It was a tragedy for all of us who are uh, part of this thing here. It's, uh, his loss is uh, very, very saddening. It's yeah. very sad. So, so who knew that uh, going hitchhiking would lead to a <laughs> lifelong friendship with Bill O'Coin? <laughs> yeah, and Sean. I mean, you know, to, to have had the opportunity to know Sean is to know absolutely a one-of-a-kind person. They broke the mold. And he's, he's also gone from this world. But um, yes. <laughs> what a character. Now let's talk about the actual photo shoot, and then we'll then okay. we'll talk about the guys in the band and Sean and Bill. You know, after after we talk about the shoot. Now there were three okay. different shoots, correct, or was it just the one? It was all in one day. But but we you basically had the three different characters. Oh, I uh, the changes. You mean the wardrobe changes? In yeah. Months? For for example, it seems like you raggedy am for a while, and then you're yeah with that satiny thing on, right? He, yeah. We grabbed that out on Canal Street that day. Okay, um, and then there's yeah. like the, the Robin Matrix stuff. kind of yes, thing? Yes, yes, Sean had gotten all that. In fact, there was a mask that I was really afraid to put on. I don't know where he got it from. It was some S&M mask, and I'm like, I don't want to put my face in there. The last one was like the Bride of Frankenstein, like a gothy thing? Mm-hmm. So, guys, if you don't know who she is, by now you should probably have this figured out. So so let's, <laughs> so, so let's go back in time, and you're, you're, you're in the car. Uh, how long is it before you're... Picked up by Bill when you're hitchhiking or you're staying with Bill and they say, you know, there's this band called Kiss that we're working with. How soon did that happen? It just, it was happening at that time. I I think Sean and Bill were talking about it and it was before even the makeup had ever been applied or anything. It was just this band that that they had gone to look at. Um, I can't remember where they saw them play and I didn't go to that. But I remember going to this loft and watching rehearsals and meeting um, the guys, and it was when the makeup was just beginning to be an idea, like to put them in the makeup and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Sean and Bill just talking about it. I would generally, because I was, you know, a 19-year-old kid that just felt like completely wowed by the whole thing, I'd just kind of be pretty quiet and listen. But I remember the conversations about it, and it was the very, very beginning of, of the band. Um, and then I was around for, I guess it was a good year before we did that photo shoot. Maybe longer. Now, Megan, you talk about this loft. Do you realize how many people would kill to go back in time with you and be in that place? <laughs> because to, I guess it was pretty cool. <laughs> because to us Kiss fans, this is like uh, hallowed ground, sacred ground, if you will. I mean, this is something that only a few got to experience that we can only read about. So it was yeah. amazing, and and we read about how like they had egg crate on the wall to dampen the sound, and yes, it was exactly. cold. And, uh, mm-hmm. 
So it was it was pretty lean and sparse back then, or it was very lean and sparse. Yeah, it was. It was, and there was a lot of creativity going on for sure to make things happen. Please elaborate um, on that a little bit more. Well, I remember them talking about you know trying to use explosives and you know pyrotechnics and all that stuff, and you know there just wasn't money. There wasn't money to make things happen at that time. So I think there was a lot of makeshift business going on. Um, to make it happen. I'm not, I wish I could be more clear with detail on that, but I'm not. Um, I just remember the conversations about it and how they were creating ways to make that stuff happen. You know, the fire and all that, uh, the makeup and, and everything. It was it was cool. I remember them talking about how the makeup was going to be. And the guys, I, I'm pretty sure each of the guys created their own persona and their own makeup for themselves. It wasn't like someone said to you know, you've got to put this on your face. Like, you know, Peter's got to put whiskers, and they didn't, I don't remember. I think the guys all created their own identity thing, their mm-hmm. own makeup. Yeah, there was one part, I guess, where Neil Bogart didn't like the star on Paul, so he changed it to the bandit for a while, like a different, slightly different oh, look. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I do remember Neil and Joyce and all that, too, in those days. Again, I was kind of a peripheral. I was there, but I wasn't. A, a decision maker or a person that was working in the company, mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of just around it all the t- all the time. Technically, there wasn't really a company at that point. It was just uh, uh, almost like a, a bunch of weird little rock and roll terrorists trying to make something happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bill had he had a coin management because I remember there was an office on Fifty uh, Fifth and Madison mm-hmm. that was smaller, and then when they moved to up. Up the street to the big office on Madison Avenue, up on 16th Street. That was when it was really becoming successful. You know, it was like really a coin management, and they had a press office and everything up there. It was cool because all these, you know, people from bands were walking in and out, and it was fun. Wow, must but have been exciting. It was. It, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to have gotten to be in the middle of it all. So we basically had the three different. Personas, we'll, we'll say, Raggedy Ann, yeah. the Dominatrix, and the Bride of Frankenstein. Is that okay for you? Yeah. Okay. So yes, and do you remember in one magazine they they mistook me for Bette Midler? How weird is that? Yeah, it's, I remember it's that. It's own shop, Stewie, and it said secret ingredient Bette Midler. Wasn't that Cream oh, Magazine? I think it was. I don't have it anymore because somebody stole all my kiss stuff. But that's another yeah. story. But yeah, do you remember that? And I think it was Cream. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Cream. Um, so how did they uh, come up with, you know, the idea for these things? Because this was all done in one day. How long would you say the shoot lasted? It lasted probably maybe five hours. But I have to say, again, it was Sean. We got to the studio with Sven Costello. I remember it perfectly. I was a little nervous about doing it. And, again, I was like Sean's pet person. So he said, this is what we're going to do. And I remember he had asked another girl to do it that was a model. And she had said no. So they were, you know, it was all of a sudden, well, let's grab Megan. She's here, you know. Sean teased my hair. I mean, he was just, and he took me out on Canal Street. So the studio, I guess the studio was right real near Canal Street because we just ran downstairs. And there's all these junky little stores there. And he bought that little satin thing. And he had brought a whole bunch of, um, like, whips and S&M kind of stuff. And he's the one that he sprayed the white um, streaks in my hair 
and um, put the makeup on me and did, I mean, even, I mean, he put, like, lipstick on my nipples and stuff. He's, he, I mean, he just, like, he did. It, it's so funny because it was just Sean, you know, it wasn't, like, anything sexual or anything. It was, like, Sean's putting blood and lipstick all over my body and makeup. And then, um, and shooting it, too. He stood off the set and made every face he made or every pose he took, I just copied. I mean, it had nothing to do with me creatively. He would stand there and he'd throw his arm back in the air and he'd go, open your mouth, reach, you know, and he's like, Gene, grab her here, you know. And I didn't know what was going on anywhere. I couldn't see, especially with the mask on. I didn't know what they were doing to me. So Sean was pretty much directing the shoot. Sean directed every every move I made, yeah. Wow, very cool. The whole thing. When they approached you and said, now, now listen, Megan, we're going to do this thing and you're going to have three costume changes. Did you know about the three costume changes from the beginning? No. It's just one thing kind of floated to another. Yeah, it didn't. I had no idea. Nobody, I don't think anybody had any idea how it was going to turn out or what we were going to do until we got down on Canal Street walking around. I know he planned the S&M stuff because he was, he wanted that look and I know he had that stuff with him, like the mask and the whips and all that. But, um, yeah, the, as you say, the Raggedy Ann thing, that just because we found it in a little Chinese whatever store. It was like hot pants, right? And this bib thing? Yeah. Yeah, kind like of. And I just, yeah. What was the idea? What was Sean's uh, theme for the Raggedy Ann thing? What, what do you think he was trying to get across? Because to me it almost seemed like, here's Kiss, they're coming for your young. You know what I mean? Eating up a little girl, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because like, they had somebody pull her clothes, like holding the clothes. They tore them off of her, her mm-hmm. meaning me, but the character. Um, you know, and holding it up, and then, yeah, it was all that, like, we got her now, and it was all, I was, like, they had tied up, not tied up, but all wrapped up in arms and, and whips and tongues, all that business. Tongues and makeup everywhere. <laughs> tongues and tails, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like that, tongues and tails, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the band was there, now, now, did they seem like they knew what to do at this point, or you, Sean was also directing them? Sean this? was all about, I mean, the guys were doing their persona thing for sure they know exactly who they are yeah he didn't really have to direct them to be those people because that's who they created individually i believe i think all the guys kind of had their act down from the start they each knew who they were going to be persona wise and they were completely each in control of that persona or that character of, of each band member what was there any of them like uh more at ease or less at ease do you have any memories of that any of the guys? Yeah, I, I like, gosh. Uh, no, I don't think at ease. Um, I think it, uh, that's a hard, hard thing to define. I mean, it's hard to tell when somebody, you mean on the, in the shoot? Mm-hmm. I couldn't really, honestly, I couldn't really tell because I was just pretty focused on doing whatever Sean said and I didn't know them well enough to be able to relate to how it is they might be otherwise. For example, you know? in the pictures, it seems like Gene and Paul were always the ones that were like around you more. Whereas like, mm-hmm. you're <laughs> kind of. You're right. Peter's probably thinking Lydia's gonna kill me. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And, 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 and like and Ace, Ace would like drag. Yeah. Ace would all like, like, like a leg. <laughs> he's probably going, "What are we doing here, Curly?" <laughs> we used to call everybody Curly. He'd be like, "Whoa, Curly." <laughs> yeah, I would say Gene and Paul definitely had the strongest like aura of yeah of like yeah on it kind of thing of that during that shoot like they were yeah they were definitely like the uh, more aggressive personalities of that session 
their their personas also made it uh, like for example Gene was a demon so if he acting shocking or scandalous it kind of yeah. you know Paul's was the lover star child so you know the little flick of the tongue or playing to the camera and stuff and it I'm just se- one thing yeah for sure I'm sorry to interrupt you is that I'm pretty sure Paul did not love this idea really of bringing in somebody fifth yeah as I recall he didn't like it at all I, I mean, he might differently but I am 90% sure he was not a fan of this whole idea to do this shoot with the fifth person well I remember seeing these shoots and I didn't know it was and until today that it was one day and one person yeah yeah I did not know that the woman in the dominatrix max was necessarily the woman that was in the bride of Frankenstein or raggedy Ann I did not know yeah it was all one afternoon or one morning into afternoon I think I got paid uh, maybe $300 or something. I do remember getting a small check for that, which I was pretty grateful for at the time. Which so. which the band was probably jealous of because they weren't even making that much at this point. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> They're going, how come she gets paid? She's not even in the band. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Because <laughs> Bill was uh, sponsoring everything with his own credit card back then. Yes, he was. Yeah, boy, he did. He put himself, he really, he was good about he put himself on the line across the board and and it paid off yeah talk about taking a a chance on a dream and something you really believe in and that's you know that's phenomenal and he's a big lesson to me you you mentioned that and i want to focus on that for a second uh you talked about the loft and the egg crate and it being cold and sparse and everything and sean with the cigarette butts and meeting this guy with (laughs) you know hitchhiking and nobody really had any money but there was so much desire there had to be it had to come from their guts all the time i mean what was the energy like amongst everybody then bill acted real confident Bill always went a little bit, I mean, I think he was pretty much living a little bit above his means, but it was it was good because it, it presented well. It made it look like, you know, it was a better show. I mean, the house they were living in, to me, it was a fabulous house. I don't know. I know they were renting it. They didn't buy it. Um, I uh, would imagine it was probably pretty expensive, and they furnished it well. Um, but on the other hand, I know there was a lot of debt. And I remember it, too, because whenever I had modeling jobs in the legit, you know, world and they had helped me get into modeling something other than a raggedy ann outfit yeah i mean i was doing simple commercials and stuff and ads for the army and this and that but um yeah and whenever if i if i had a check coming in sean was so funny he's like let's call your agency and see if there's any checks and i'd be like well the army paid me four hundred dollars let's go get it so so basically you're all living in the house you you in your own way uh help keep things going everybody that had money well, come in it kind yeah, of went back in all dead yeah. But on the other hand, then we all go out and have like a steak dinner and charge it on whatever cart too. I mean, we weren't, nobody was, I don't think we were groveling or starving. We right. ended up having fun, but out on the limb financially for sure. Bill, Bill really stretched himself for a long time. Yeah. And I have to say too that when money was coming in, he was one of the most generous people ever. Like I remember the first Christmas when there was money coming in, he bought everybody a gold Rolex. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah, he was great like that. Amazing. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, gosh, I could tell you stories forever. I remember going to FAO Schwartz with Gene, and Gene in real life even dressed like that. Like, he'd go out in six-inch platform shoes and a pair of jeans and, you know, like, you know, just go to FAO Schwartz and buy out the store. Kiss had an, an unusual situation in that they were going to be one of the biggest bands, going to be extremely well-known, but yet no one knew who the hell they were. So you've got Gene running around 
as you say, in six-inch heels going to FAL Schwartz, but he still couldn't, like, let everyone know, I'm that guy. Right. And, and I, yeah, and up for a very long time, I mean, they weren't recognizable on it. In a way, I think that's kind of cool that you can go out like a normal person. I don't yeah. know how many people wear six-inch platforms and have jeans, stature, and hair. Yeah. You know, eventually you're going to spotted as who you are. But, um, well, I remember, yeah. I, I think it was Paul in one magazine in the 70s, they're asking him uh, if people ever recognize me. He says, well, when you get four, six foot guys with uh, blue and black hair all standing yeah. together at the airport, people kind of figure you're part of something, start, you know. Start guessing, yeah. <laughs> they may not know that you're kissed, but they know that something is going on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so again, we were talking about the Raggedy Ann shoot, and it's Kiss seducing or getting a hold of the innocent person. About how long did that shoot last or take? That section of that mm-hmm. in that wardrobe. Yeah. Um. Gosh, you know what? I don't. I have to honestly tell you, I don't remember how far, how long it was between changes. I, I guess we probably spent about an hour at each one. I mean, I don't think we actually worked on set more than three hours. So basically, there. getting dressed was longer. Than the actual so shoot. Well, the makeup. I mean, for Sean to do the original makeup and hair, mm. you know, with teeth and hair and stuff like that. But once we changed wardrobe, <clears throat> I mean, no one was really standing around that much. He, I think he actually just pulled it. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I think with the Raggedy Ann thing, I think they just pulled it off me completely. And then I was left without any clothes at all. Right? Yeah. And I ended up just that naked. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There was no wardrobe change there. <laughs> so a little bit less clothes. I think they might have left like knee socks or something on Yeah, there. that's pretty much, I, I, I think your tennis shoes and knee socks. Yeah. <laughs> the knee socks were that kid yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, as a young Kiss fan, back in, uh, you know, like 1975 or 6, when I'd see these pictures, I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> You know, what, whether it was Raggedy Ann or the Dominatrix or the Bride of Frankenstein, something was very strange about this band, you know. You know, it, it, was, it was very, very strange for a, a, a kid from the middle of nowhere to pick up these magazines and see this sort of stuff. I bet, yeah. So let's move to the Dominatrix. You're talking about how Sean got this mask. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if that mask ever, did the mask ever get shown in any publication? I'm not aware of it if it did, but there was a mask I really did not want to put on. Um, that now, okay, why didn't you want to put it on? Because it was a real live, I don't know, it was like a real live dominatrix mask. I was afraid somebody was like burned at the stake in it or something. <laughs> that was creepy. He rented it from somewhere. I don't know where, but it was really like, it, I have like, it had a really weird aura about it. It was it frightened me to put it on. Um, I know I ended up in it, but I wasn't mm-hmm. happy in there. And uh, and they shot for a little while, and I was pretty uncomfortable with it. And then I got I got it off. And well, like it, I can't remember if he got it from a museum or what. It was scary. Well, if it's a place that you can rent S and M equipment, I don't know if I'd want to be sticking my face in it. You Ooh. know what I mean? I know exactly. <laughs> anyway, I get it. I'm still alive today to talk about it. So. <laughs> and and then in that. In that shoot, which, again, uh, thematically was Kiss, um, you know, ravaging a a lady, but this time it's not a a little Raggedy Ann girl. It's uh, some sort of twisted S&M kind of thing. You know, there were whips and stuff like that. Didn't Pete have a knife at one point or something? Or or was that in the Bride of Frankenstein shot? You know, I haven't seen them in so long because, as I said, somebody took them from me. I have two only... That I have seen in the last, you know, 
yeah. ten years probably, and, that, and that's one with whips and where it's actually yeah. kind of cool looking, and mm-hmm. um, and then the totally without clothes one. And then that shoot, shoot lasted about an hour as well. Yeah, I would say we didn't definitely did not spend more than an hour on on each um, change. Yeah. Now, was was this fun in a sexual way or anything at all? No, I you know it's weird. I was pretty. <laughs> I was like really naive and pretty asexual. I don't know. I didn't, and I knew these guys. Like, I knew them, and I knew Sean, and it wasn't like any kind of like, oh, hey, there's that cute guy. He's gonna fondle me. No, it's like, oh, it was, I Paul's, like Paul's doing this, then. right? And, and not only that, Sean's there. Like, Paul, reach over and grab this. Gene, put your leg here. It, it was, was almost more mechanical. Like, yeah, it was just. It wasn't like that at all. And then they were teasing me. They were. They were saying that it was sexual. They could tell and stuff. They were like trying to embarrass me. Sean, you know, being Sean, he was mm-hmm. like making all these comments about. It. He knew I was getting off on it and this and that. I'm like, then I got really embarrassed because I was real, real naive then. I mean, I came from. I was. I used to show horses. I was like a little kid. But not, you know. Right. So right. I didn't know what I was getting into or around. But um, no, it was fine. And I have to say too that nobody behaved inappropriately ever, like during that shoot. Like even the guys, nobody, you know, they were really good to me because I think they they got that I was just kind of obeying Sean. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so then you had um, so so basically you didn't really like the the dominatrix. Angle of just it. the mask. I just didn't love the ma- being in the mask. Right. The rest I thought was fun. I mean, it's kind of cool to be like, you know, getting to do that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it was fun. I just and and it looks cool in the end result. Just the mask. I do remember the mask totally creeped me. Did it I smell? Like I have to ask. Yeah, yeah. It was yucky. I mean, it's sm- yeah. It was musty. It was old, old, old. I'm not well, sure if you didn't get it from like a museum or something. It was. I don't. I don't think I'd want to stick my face in that either. No. Uh. Uh-uh. I think there was two. I think there was a leather one and a metal one too. And the yeah. metal. There was a metal one that closed in the back of my head. That was the other thing. It locked. It locked. That and would scare me. That was something they had burned people in or something. It was. Yeah. Awful. That was bad. The leather one was like, oh well. But the metal one with the latch in the back. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. It's kind of kind of scary. <laughs> and uh, did the boys treat you different uh, during each one of these shoots? Because it was a different persona. Did like what no, was Sean's um, direction? They, no, they were the guys in the band were all doing their thing, what they do. I mean, uh, individually as as the character that they are. So I didn't, I couldn't really tell if anyone was treating me differently because I was. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could remember better, but I didn't. I don't didn't notice a shift right. at all. It was, right. it was kind of really all about the shoot. It was pretty exactly. professional across the board. And then, yeah. and then there's the last shoot, which is the gothic Bride of Frankenstein look. Now, yeah, now, I kind of like that one the best. Yeah. Now that's the one that kind of lived the longest. Good. And and and, <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is like. In in seventy five and seventy six, you would see, like, here's the band, and they're like, you know, grabbing your nipples and various things and whatnot, and you would mm-hmm. see that. But as Kiss became, let's say, a more family friendly act, those pictures started disappearing from publication. Oh yeah, probably did. Yeah. So then, yeah, the one with the candles and the got that the goth one, yeah, was around for a while, and it's cool. I think it's cool looking actually. That's one of the two that I have, and I, and I just pulled it up right now on my computer as we're speaking, and it looks 
I like that one. For me, it was kind of strange. Oh, go say that again. That you're proud. I said I'm proud to say that that is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be. It's, it's a very no one cool would know it if I didn't. Yeah, it's not like I'll be recognizable in there. So. Right. Um, have you ever thought about doing like a kiss convention and signing these pictures for fans? I haven't. I mean, I'd be glad to if there were one in my area. So, yeah. That would I be so. I haven't thought of it, but let me know. All right. <laughs> I'll 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 take the first picture from you, okay? So Okay. Um so so this um how long did the makeup for the Bride of Frankenstein Gothic shoot take? Oh, he just added touches into the I oh I actually guess he looks like he did a lot now that I'm looking at it. Yep, I don't recall. It's, it's it wouldn't take Sean too thing. long. Yeah, he honestly he's pretty good with that stuff. Sean was um probably didn't take him more than forty minutes. Half hour, wow. forty minutes that on. Yeah. He's, he, he just had, like, vision. like, And if he got a vision, he just, like, quick made it happen mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, he was, he, he, he was good about that. Wow. So, I wasn't there that long. I don't think the whole day of shooting all that stuff that got used over all those years, I bet we were not there five, five hours total. Wow. I don't remember it being, you know, it was definitely not a late day, and I know we didn't get there super early. That is absolutely amazing that it only took that yeah. time. Yeah. Now, did you ever go to, to uh, rehearsals with the guys? A couple of times, yeah. If I happened to be with Sean and, and he was dropping into rehearsals, sure. I had definitely been to rehearsals. And again, I was at the loft when they were rehearsing a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that the band came up with a lot of stuff on their own, and uh, Sean came up with a lot of stuff, and Neil had everybody had input because they were all worried about the getting the best product. That was the important thing. It wasn't so much, oh, I had this idea, you had that idea. It was always getting the best representation of what the band could be on the stage. Did you actually yeah. see those times where, like, Sean would take notes while they were playing or go up and say, no, no, try this? And, like, like were you yeah. there? I've seen, I never saw Sean take a note in my life, though. I have to say, his stuff would just come out of his mouth. Just have a vision and just blurt it out. So, so, and, um, so, like the band would be playing and they'd go to make a movie and he'd say, "No, no, 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 do that like, like wait, five wait, wait. times." Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not in a bossy way. Just in like, oh my god, I have a great idea. That kind of way. Okay. So. Everyone got along very, very well. To, in my opinion, in the beginning, I didn't see a lot of ego business, or um, you know, I think that it, it was just really nice because everyone did get along and the wives got along. It seemed like one really pretty well well connected i don't want to say big happy family but you know what i mean it was like everyone was cool and cool with each other mm-hmm. from my point of view i didn't see any you know any bad stuff and i went out a lot with the, with people all the time whenever there was any gathering or party or anything i always got invited so. now did you go to early shows as well sure yeah are there any of them that yep. stand out like the there's uh you know, the diplomat or uh, or anything that, that jumped yeah. out? Yeah. Oh, what's that one that's really old? I'm terrible in New York, that old venue, Beacon Theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beacon Theater. Um, i trying to remember. Someplace in New Jersey we went to. I'm bad remembering venues and stuff. I just kind of, I just was like a tag-along person. I'm sorry. Um, no, this is great. In, this is great. Don't apologize. Time pulled around by Sean and Bill, so wherever they went, and I kind of got to go with them. <laughs> I remember one time Paul Stanley talking about, uh, you know, what fans want to know about, and he says, you have to understand that we were too busy living it 
to write it down. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was, you know, I'm paraphrasing him, of course, but it was something along those lines that, uh, you know, they weren't documenting, they were doing it. <laughs> so, exactly. so, so you weren't there taking notes, uh, writing for some day, some guy's gonna call you and do an interview about, you yeah. know, a little bit in history, whoever would have thought this would happen, no. you know? I know, it's amazing how, the, how long it's lasted and, and the fan base has just stayed so strong. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Now, I want to talk to you about each of the band members and maybe their wives and Sean and Bill, if that's okay. Sure. Okay, let's start with Bill O'Coin. Uh, and what's the one thing you learned from him the most? He was my mentor, and, and his advice in my life has always just been invaluable. I, I, even now, I think, what would Bill do whenever I, ha- I have a challenge? Like, what would Bill say? Right now, in, in my own business, I'm in the middle of, of a contract negotiation, and last night I was just actually, Roman and I were saying, what would Bill do? I mean, that's just, he's my go-to guy for business. He was a genius. Now you mentioned Roman. I think it's uh, a good time to to discuss Roman. Oh, yes. Roman Ooh. is the greatest. Could you give he us his Bill's full name? Life and... partner, Roman Fernandez. Okay. And he was Bill's life partner for seventeen years. After, you know, Sean, Sean and Bill were no longer together, and Sean died. And Roman is he has an art director background, and he's just terrific. And and after we lost Bill, Sean, I mean, uh, Roman took over for me and in, in my life. In, in the position that Bill was in, which was he had um, I, he directed a video that I that I just released, which we can talk about later. But Bill directed it, and uh, and we finished that. And as we were wrapping it up, all the artwork and everything, Roman Roman took over. He did a great job. He's a wonderful person, and he and Bill were really happy together. Now you mentioned that uh, Bill and Sean were together. Yes, what? Bill and Sean were together forever. Also, okay. Um, that was another seven. I think that was another seventeen year relationship for Bill. And, wow. uh, and they were, yeah, they had been together for a super long time. And then um, circumstances changed, and, and uh, Sean, you know, they, they broke up or whatever, and Sean got his own apartment. But he, they stayed in each other's lives right until until Sean died. How did they hide their relationship for so long? Because um, there's, there's the real life of what you guys actually lived and the streets you actually walked. And then there was the life that we were fed by the magazines and the news publications and the rock press. Uh, we just we just I thought that uh, they were really good guys and they liked one another and they were and buddies. business partners. Yes. Sure, it was yeah. all business. I mean, Sean had an office at – oh, the, actually, you know what I'm saying there was a coin management? It was Rocksteady, right? First yes, thing. yes. It was Rocksteady. Uh, yeah, back at Rocksteady. And then um, and then O'Coin, Sean had an office there, and Sean was an artist that was in development through O'Coin. So, I mean, everyone that knew Sean and Bill knew knew the deal, that they were together. And then mm-hmm. Sean went out on the road a lot with Kiss, too. Right. He wasn't even home a lot. Um, and as far as – I don't think they took steps to hide the relationship. It just wasn't in your face because there was well, no reason for it to be. Don't you also you know? think that the press back then had an understanding in a sense that, like uh, – we we will talk about what you want to talk about. It wasn't like trying to out people or... Probably, yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it, but yes, I'm sure you're right, a lot more than now. I yeah. mean, we never heard anything that Liberace ever did with anyone, ever, in any way, shape, right. or... Right, yeah, you're right. You know, as a matter of fact, he sued the National Enquirer because he said, prove it, 
Remember that? So, and, yeah. and they, and they couldn't. So, <laughs> but, uh, anyhow, it's just, it's weird now looking back at it as an adult because I was probably, you know, 12 to 15, 17 years old, you know, when Kiss went from like, you know, 75 to 80 or whatever. And, uh, Back then, you, that I mean, look at the village people. They didn't even tell us they were gay. Okay. <laughs> I remember getting 16 Magazine because Kiss was in it. And, like, you'd see, uh, you know, which girl is Jean like or what kind of girl is Paul like or whatever. And then you'd, like, uh, see the village people and say, what kind of girl does, you know, someone's the biker from the village people like? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they used to do that in the movies, too, with, like, Rock Hudson, right? They exactly. were made up people. They even had to marry somebody. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> different time. Well, not anymore. People can be whomever they wish and still be loved and appreciated for who they are. <laughs> so, so what was Sean's biggest contribution to Kiss? Would you say? Sean had a creative vision of how the band, I think, ultimately should look presentation-wise as as an entity. Mm-hmm. He, pull, he helped pull it together and make it be the picture that that it was. And technically, they all sort of uh, refined the characters to make it so that it was one on unified own. vision for yeah, the press. Yeah, I think everyone worked toward that, but yes, yeah. So, like, they, they they probably all brainstormed, like, you know, you're from Zendel, whoever came up with that word. You know, it was part of the organization, and it came mm-hmm. from within the band and from the creative people and around the band. People around, yeah. 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 Well, that makes perfect sense. Um and he also helped with their choreography? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember that. The back and forth thing, the you know, the side side. Yeah, that 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 is called Oh, I do remember that. That is called the deuce sway. Oh, thank you. I didn't even know that. It's oh, it's got an official term now. I think I had to be at a rehearsal when that was that was being created, I'm pretty sure, cuz I do remember that. Tell us all vividly. about it. We need to hear this. Oh, I just remember Sean standing in front of Gene going like as you're saying, the juice sway, like that back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. I definitely remember that. And, wow. Uh, God, yeah. Now, now, was it something? I wish I had better, you know, recall of stuff. But right when you said that, I had a flash in my mind of that for sure. So was it something that he saw that they did once and he said, no, 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 try this, try this and repeat it over and over again? Or, or how did that? Ken, I wish I could remember and say it to you right because I, I just okay. honestly don't. I was, pro- I don't know what, but I wasn't paying 100% attention thinking but I might need to repeat it 45 years later. You mean you didn't know about this <laughs> no. interview way back then? Or whatever, yeah, no. <laughs> but but God, you were there at the, 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 the birth of that. Yeah, yeah. Do you realize that even as far as a few weeks ago when the band played, that when they did that, the crowd still goes apeshit crazy for that. Cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Something done yeah. in a loft for the first time at a rehearsal yeah. is still, still wow today. That's awesome. Yeah. It absolutely is. So how long were you part of the organization, even though you weren't officially part of the organization? How long were you part of that little family? Because that and little so- family went from being a titan group of people and then all of a sudden you had people that were staffers well, they were all kind and there were other bands too there were stars right. and piper and toby bow and you know billy squire and all that i was there through that i was there until 1980 mm-hmm. um 
and I, and Bill was managing me. I was on a soap opera. I was on I was doing a million commercials by then. And which then which I soap opera pregnant. were you on? Ryan's Hope. Ryan's Hope. I remember that. <laughs> With um, Meg Meg Ryan was on that show. No, uh, she was on. No, actually, she was on a different show. I think she was on As the World Turns. Ah, well, that'll teach yeah. me for not paying more or attention to soap or operas. Days of Our Lives. I can't remember, but yeah, back in the days. But um, yeah, Bill was managing me, and then I got pregnant, and I decided to go ahead and uh, <laughs> and ended up having twins that are the light of my life currently. They're thirty-one-year-old girls. But, um, wow. That was pretty much the end of me. I mean, they kind of just let me go ahead and be a mom, and I lost. I did lose touch with everybody for quite some time. I think I got Christmas gifts from Oakland Management for a few years, and then, you know, when they realized I wasn't going to be uh, out playing anymore because I was home burping babies, I lost track of everyone, and um, and then reconnected with Bill only about uh, probably nine years ago. Wow. Yeah. So so tell me about um, how it went from being this ragtag group of people to becoming this professional organization and how did that change like for example we were talking about the photo shoots that you did where you would open up a magazine and you'd see you know kiss groping this this girl's breast and stuff like that tongues all over the place and the next thing you know they're selling lunch boxes i know isn't that amazing bill had a huge background in um marketing and that stuff and and uh that type of stuff and it's a big big money maker um and i do remember some parts of that coming to fruition like marketing those items and stuff and i have to say like it was probably i mean it might be one of the biggest money making little side industries that there that there was at that time i mean that was still is still huge and even the stuff with the blood and the comic books i remember you know that that little bit of business too like the blood vials going into the uh, vat of ink that made the comics. Like, there's real kiss blood in here, you know. And that, that that's kind of, I don't know for a fact that Sean thought of it, but that sounds like a Seanism to me. Like, let's get the guys to all draw blood and throw it into the ink, you know. Well, so you both sell the comic books. But both Sean Delaney and Stan Lee both have taken credit for that. So oh, okay, because it seems like a total Sean to me, and I'm not sure because I wasn't. Right. I was in the room when it happened, but um, yeah, that kind of stuff. I do remember. Well, here's the thing that I've all. What was that? Oh, you're asking me how it changed from the being a little a little thing to a big thing. Yeah. You know that stuff just happens over time when you bring in more people and you know there's more ideas being formed and you have a whole creative like universe of people. There's just that can happen and it just you know it becomes just a, a big machine well one of the things I, I was always confused about seeing your shot or, 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 or those photo shoots with the band it was like well what's this girl got to do with the band is she was she a member at one time what was exactly I think that's why Paul didn't love it uh, yeah because it was kind of confusing like who is it and why um, that was a Sean vision, you know, to do that shoot, and and it was like that whole bringing that whole S and M concept and that right. whole you know bondage, and he was he's yeah that was a phase in his life that he was fascinated by, mm. and uh, you know decided to act on it. Right. So, but yeah. But but did anyone ever think that uh, you might have been a member of Kiss at one point early on in those days? You know, because I don't of that think shoot. So. Um, I wouldn't know it if they did. I mean, I never. I mean, other than being uh, confused with Bette Midler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard any feedback from it about, about 
you know, it being a fifth member of the band or anything, other than, then again, my thing, like, you know, it probably wasn't Paul's favorite thing because of that, because it was more like it was always the band was always photographed together as as the four of them. So as one unit, and that was very important yeah. from early on. Yeah, that was one of the concepts. It, like a, like the Beatles, you always saw them together, and it was it was this is this group. Yeah, so it was kind of weird to bring in another element. Did they ever do it after that? I, I seem to feel like there was some, some one other time they brought somebody in after that, but I, I'm not sure. Or someone told me they did. There, there. For example, there are shots with Gene around 1978 where he has like a, a Jeanette. You know, she's got some form oh, of the okay. makeup, and mm-hmm. she's like his little slave girl. But again, those are you don't really see those shots that often. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember seeing them. But it, it, it's kind of weird because going back from slave girl bondage, nipple grabbing to lunch boxes and trash cans and dolls to kids, those pictures. I'm thinking had to be pulled by somebody, you know, somebody at a coin management or somebody had to say, maybe that's not what we're wanting to put out. Oh, right I'm now. sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it happened. Maybe they just got old too. I mean, it was just old stuff that everyone had already seen, so they just didn't do it again. Mm-hmm. But then again, know. if if the band maybe were thinking that this kind of diffuses the point that we're making as a band, maybe it's not the best foot to put forward. Yeah. Yeah, because they definitely stopped appearing, which was which was all right for me too. I mean, you know. Plus, plus, as you say, you got confused for yeah. Bette Midler. No, they don't want yeah. to think. Well, <laughs> here's Bette Midler. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that about? She, she had a good fifteen years on me, I think. <laughs> right, but hey, at the time she was big, so it, it's, it's no, not a bad it, 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 it's not a bad uh, comparison to have at that time. She was very, yeah. very, very much a big star at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, I, I could see where somebody would read that in Cream Magazine and think, yeah, Bette Midler was once in Kiss. Here's a picture. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> but it happens. So, um, did did it, you know, as as that change happened, where it went from tongues and nipples to the lunch boxes how did that feel being part of the the kiss family at that point to see that happen and were you treated any different or did you get lost in the shuffle or <laughs> it was harder to get into see bill i must say he had an office like a king all you know after all that mm-hmm. and you have to get past the uh the infantry to go see him about anything you know, he was, he had secretaries and people, you know, receptionists and all that. And they'd be like, wait a minute, I want to see Bill now, you know, but you couldn't. But, um, you know, good for him. He, he, he did. Now, I imagine that at the early shows that they would drag everyone that they could. Yes. The clubs and places that they played, so that it would make it look like, wow, Kiss yeah, has an audience. So yeah, you were you were at those shows. Yeah, I got to go to all that stuff. Anything, anything that uh, you know that they wanted to bring me to. So you would hang out with uh, Lydia and Jeanette Fraley. Yeah, she's the greatest. Lydia. So, yeah, I like her. I saw her at Bill's Memorial. I actually saw Lyd and I saw um, Peter and I saw who else was there? A lot of people at Bill's Memorial. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Lydia's great. And and you and Lydia are still friends to this yeah. day. Yeah, I mean we don't talk on the phone every day, but I love her. And if I see her, you know, 
she gives me a hug and she makes this funny. When we were online to go into the memorial for Bill, she, she yells out, I haven't seen you since you were, you know, the kiss, whatever. She said something about, or that's the girl that's making in the pictures. <laughs> not, you know, something like that. She shouted out. <laughs> yeah, I ran into Lydia about three weeks ago. I was at a kiss convention and, uh, and she was walking in front of me and I said, hey, Lydia. And she recognized my voice. And she, she did. Said, yeah, oh. she says, I know you, I know you. And I said, I'm Ken from the podcast. And she said, oh, there you are. You know, <laughs> it was so cool. But, uh, no, yeah. she, she's a very, good. very good person. And her book is fantastic. I don't know if you got a chance to see it or not. I have it. She signed one to me and she said, thank you for being part of history on my book. And we might as well say it's, it's to anybody on the fence about getting that book, whether they should get it or not. Definite thumbs up for me. What about you, Megan? Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, I would definitely get that book. It's a beautiful, I mean, it's a coffee table book. It's a mm-hmm. beautiful piece to have. I actually um, use it as a coffee table. I, oh, you, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I keep it protected and it's signed and I love it and it's a great book and everyone should oh, buy it. It's actually on, it is on my coffee table, but. Really? <laughs> yeah. Look at look at you. Look at you. So what 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 can you tell us about Jeanette Fraley? Jeanette, um <laughs> Yeah, Jeanette. You wanna hear a funny story about Jeanette that sticks in sure. my mind? Other than I'd see her at rehearsals and parties and all that stuff at Oakland. But one time they lived out in Connecticut. They had built a house like out in the middle of nowhere. And uh and I Ace came home really late and Jeanette ran down the stairs, they had a gun in the house and she practically was gonna shoot him. Really? She yeah, she was gonna defend herself and then it turned out it was just Ace but <laughs> For some reason, that popped into my mind as a as a Jeanette story. She did not shoot him, but right. Well, obviously, <laughs> but that can be scarier in the middle of Connecticut. And yeah. Whatever in the morning, and hey, Carly, anybody yeah, home, hey, Carly? Exactly. Yeah, he might not have even felt it if she saw him at that time, but <laughs> but he's all good now. Yeah, he's he's in, in a much better place, and thank God for yeah. that. Ace was on the show, as a matter of fact. We, oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, cool. it was. It was great. One of our favorite shows. Anytime we can talk to Ace, we're very happy. So let's talk about the the guys in the band. You, we've talked about the the ladies in their life, uh, and we've talked about Bill and Sean. Let's talk about the four guys, and I'll I'll name them, and you can tell me what you. I remember can tell you about. what I can, as far as what I remember. Yeah, That's, I mean, I didn't have a lot of individual interaction with, like, save Paul. I didn't have a lot to do with Paul that much. Like, he pretty much was his own. I remember his girlfriend at the time was a beautiful blonde hairdresser, blonde. Funny as anything, I just remember when she won the hairdressing contest at school, and this was in the very beginning. Paul, that's about all I remember from you know. Paul, Paul had a, a belt buckle, I think, with her picture on it, or a Marilyn Monroe picture or something. I remember he always wore that. I don't remember a lot about Paul because it was either her or Marilyn on his belt buckle. He had a belt buckle he wore all the time. It might have been Marilyn. Okay, you know, so, so maybe so, it was probably a Marilyn belt buckle. He all right, all so so Paul pretty much um, was doing his own his own thing he was a little reserved at least from me i don't remember having a whole lot of a relationship with paul other than hello and how are you and stuff Mm -hmm. but um i I remember him he's real good looking and and you know he had this maryland belt buckle on all the time and he had a pretty girlfriend whose name isn't coming to me right now um gosh i can't remember but But you you were saying she graduated from Hairdressing? hairdressing school. I remember she won the hair the hairdressing contest while he was on the road. And uh, gosh, I wish I could remember her name. It'll come maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so he was probably the more, most reserved, the kind of guy that yeah. sat back for and, me and, anyway. Uh, I mean, maybe it was just 
me. I don't know. He Wait. was most outgoing to me. He, you know, if I answered the phone at the house, like mm-hmm. he would talk to me. He'd say like, he's funny because I remember him saying to me one time, "I want to come and abduct you," and I didn't, I didn't know what abduct even meant. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> well, was but he ever he, successful? No, and he was only kidding anyway. I think he was never, you know. <laughs> no, I don't know the gene we all know and love. Gene, uh, I know, right? <laughs> I was just little Megan, and I remember going to his house, and he had an electric chair for a toilet seat. Like I had like wires and stuff in it. Now, now, and, what year was this? Oh my goodness! Um, probably seventy-five, maybe six. Even way back then, he yeah. had an electric yeah, chair for. Wow. In his apartment. Yeah. Now, now was the thing, you know, like where you flip the switch to, to kill someone? Was that the No, it just flush? had wires and stuff. Yeah, it had wires. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but wouldn't that be funny? Like if, when you yeah. got a flush, you'd like. Flush and die. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Peter was always super nice to me um, and Lydia, you know. And, uh, you know, Ace is Ace. Yeah, he's girly. Yeah, I remember going. We went to the racetrack a couple times with him betting on the trotters. I remember him falling down the escalator stairs. Um, <laughs> what else? I don't know. Just yeah, it was it was some fun times. But again, I was kind of like outside the nucleus of it. I was kind of just kind of a tag a tag along with Sean and Bill. You were speaking about Bill's passing, and we and, and we did a show for Bill's passing. Lydia was on it, and part of that. And okay. It was a very cool thing. But um, uh, you you actually went to the memorial. What was it like to uh, bump into your old friends? Oh, it was nice. It was funny. A lot of people didn't recognize me. Um, I guess I mean it's not funny. I look completely different. Yeah. But, you, uh, you, you Richie Rano completely me. different. I came, I came out of the bathroom, and Richie Rano was like, "Are you Megan McCracken?" I was like, "How did you know?" And he said, "Your eyes are the same." But yeah, I look completely different. Um, so, <laughs> so that was fun, and then just telling people, you know, and getting reacquainted. I saw Doobie, you know, from Stars, and oh gosh, I saw the guys. Uh, I saw Ace, and I saw Peter. Met Peter's new wife. Gigi. She is anymore. Yeah. And, uh, Very sweet and so woman. Good. And rich, yeah. And um, yeah, it was just nice to catch up with people. And it, it was a sad time, but it was at Bill's memorial. I mean, we're pretty much people just talking about Bill and and remembering him. And there was a guitar. There is a guitar that everyone signed um, as they came in, and that's kind of cool. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but um, it was at Le Tub, which is Bill's favorite place on the water down in uh. Allendale, mm-hmm. and, and we actually sprinkled his ashes there recently, after, about a month ago, I guess. So that's where Bill resides, and there's a table in his honor. There's a table that's in memory of Bill O'Coin. They call it Water One out there. If anyone wants to make a pilgrimage to Bill's table, it's right there Correct. at Litub, Hollywood, Florida. Florida, yes. A lot of people may not know this, but you continue to do many things in your life other than become a mother, which is a, a great accomplishment unto itself. And uh, f- and from what I hear, you're waiting to hear if you're going to be a grandmother. I Yeah, my daughter's due any day. <laughs> wow. She's having a little girl. And, um, and I, yeah, and I, I went on, of course, in, in life. And um, Bill and I ended up working together last year on a project. Am I allowed to talk about my 
You absolutely are allowed to talk about it. I, I want you to talk about it. I think this is very cool what you're doing now. I, um, I just came out with a – I'm a personal trainer as well, and I did a lot of commercials prior to that, so I decided to put my two careers together and uh, work on some fitness videos for seniors. And, and with Bill being Bill, we came out with a whole product with each video. So it's Megan McCracken's Super Seniors. And Volume 1 comes with a DVD and a set of weights and everything you need to work your whole upper and lower body. And it's really a fun workout. And my website, if anyone wants to go to it, is www.mysuperseniors.com. And it is my product. And I have to say it is a great, great gift because it's the perfect price point. If anyone is wanting to have a favorite senior in your life that you want to give the gift of health to, um, it rocks. It's great. And Bill directed it. And I dedicated it in memory at the end to Bill O'Coin, who um, is my friend and my mentor, and I loved him very much. And it's Bill, Bill's project as well as mine. And it's my. It's called Megan McCracken Super Seniors. Is the name of the product. And there's also there's other products coming out after that. I have a power walk with weights, and actually I'm going to send that to you, Ken. But, oh, thank um, you. Yeah, you can give it to whomever you wish, or you know. I'm I'm going to try yeah, it out. Get it out there and um yeah, sell a lot of product because it really it is the gift of health. I'm not even I mean I'm not in it just to make tons of money. It's a great product and I really believe in it. And the video is really fun cuz you're kickboxing for cardio. And my seniors are unbelievable in this video. I have Bud Palmer who was an NBA basketball star in um 1939. He played for the New York Knicks. He's 89 years old and he's on my video kickboxing. Wow. And he's Phenomenal. I mean, it's just, it's a really fun thing to just even watch. I mean, they're super seniors. <laughs> you were talking about doing commercials. What, what all commercials would we know you from? Is, do you, is there oh any gosh. ones that like stand out, you know? I will all, I often, about every third week, I did the National Enquirer. Remember the Enquiring Minds? I want to know. It's oh, the Enquirer. So you did the voiceover work on that? No, I was the on camera like every third week. You know, oh, wow. Yeah, I made actually quite a lot of money from that. And then I did a lot of on-camera. I did a, a lot of mom things. I was, you know, Tide, Downey, um, Children's Tylenol, um, Bounty. Oh, my gosh. I've done, like, 200 commercials on camera. That's um, very interesting. You were doing Tide and Downey, and in the pictures you were being tied down. So <laughs> Very clever. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure my agents would not have loved to know that at that time. <laughs> <laughs> But those days are gone. People don't judge us for things that we've done. <laughs> no, it was the 70s, for God's sake. Like, oh, God, yeah, I know. It's true. But I didn't really risk, I mean, honestly, I wasn't risking any kind of, you know, crossover exposure with my tight and my downy commercials, I don't think, unless someone were out to get me. Hey, if so, Marilyn no, Chambers can off. do an Ivory Snow exactly. commercial. I can get my clothes ripped off by Kiss. Right. I mean, really. There's a lot of women <laughs> around the country that have had their clothes ripped off by Kiss. and There you go. It's, yeah, good there are. Yeah, you were you were one of the first it's uh club, yeah. <laughs> you just happened to be caught on film, you know. And That's right. Being I directed by Yeah. <laughs> and and directed by Sean Delaney, so Yeah. <laughs> well, would you do it all over again? Is there anything you'd change? No, I love my life. There's nothing I would change. I feel so happy to have been part of those days and um I mean you never realize it at the time that you're in something like that. You know, how how lucky you are. Like, I, looking back on it, I realize it. 
But um, while it was happening, it's just, you know, my life's taking it in stride. Yeah, this is kind of cool, you know. But, um, yeah, it was really cool. It was it was a great time, for sure. And I would not change anything. Look, look, looking back on your little part of history, did you ever think that all these years from way back then that somebody would still want to be talking about it? <laughs> no, you mean back in those days, if someone told me that when I'm 50, you know how old I am. I'm almost 57, I can't believe it. Well, I'll um, tell you what, I'm going to yeah. tell everybody right now, you're, you look damn fine. Oh, thank you. You look amazingly fine. That's fitness for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It'll treat your body good, it'll, it, so, it, it'll look good. So. Yeah, thanks. But um, yeah, I would never think that at this age I'd be sitting here talking about those days, but I'm very, very happy to reminisce. And, um, gosh, if I can remember um, Paulie's girlfriend's name, I'm, I swear I'm calling you back. Okay. That works for me. Yeah. We can do that. Just um, so happy to have been able to do this, and you brought back a lot of memories for me. So you leave me smiling, and I hope I leave everybody else smiling, too. And, um, you know, if anyone wants to buy my Super Senior Studios, please go for it. And that website um, again is? It's www.mysuperseniors.com. And it's also available on Amazon.com. Yeah, if you go Megan McCracken, Super Seniors. Well, thank you for being part of the podcast, and who knows when we'll be calling you in the future. Well, please call me anytime, and if you you think I need to be in an event signing things and it's near me, I'll be happy to do that. Okay, I'll pass that along to folks. All right. All right, thank you so much. God bless. So we've got a lot coming up later in the year. We've got a roundtable discussion of Rock and Roll Over, celebrating 35 years of that classic record, some awesome live rare audio, and a very cool archive interview from 1979 with Kiss. And that's our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podkiss.com. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at KISS FAQ. That's a website that has tons of information about KISS and a great message board. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at KISS Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And of course, big thanks always to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS. And we are your army. See you soon. PodKISS is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. PodKISS is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members, past or present. Thank you for listening to PodKISS, the KISS fanzine for your ears.